Welcome to a special bonus episode of Football and Other F-Words presented by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We have news analysis on the Tennessee Titans, Nashville Predators, and Nashville Soccer Club. On top of all that, we do have fantasy and gambling advice, which is very important, foreshadowing. You can head over there today and get you either monthly or annual memberships. And we have a new BroadwaySportsMedia.com shop with all kinds of Broadway Sports Media gear. We are also partnered with 440media.com where you can go and listen to lamestream media, Nashville podcasts uh, about sports and the Predators, soccer, everything. There's like 12 podcasts over there. It is an insanely good podcast network. I love it. We are over there. Head over to 440media.com today. Like I said, this is a very special bonus episode today because today Mike and I are joined by a special guest. You've seen him on NFL Network's Good Morning Football, helping you set up your fantasy lineups. We are joined today by none other than PGA NFL analyst for DraftKings, Reed Fowler. You can follow him on Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. That's R-E-I-D-T-F-O-W-L-E-R. Reed, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Good. That was a better introduction than I give myself. Um, so I'm just going to cut that. I'm just going to keep on using that and try to pantomime like just like a voiceover. Yeah. That was great. If you, if you need it for a voiceover, go ahead. Just clip it over and you can Man. just, you know, there you go. Uh, this is the most professional we've ever sounded. Yeah, that is, that is 100% the most professional. The actual intro or the intro I recorded, you know, you know, talk about the show and our website right. and stuff. It was me cussing and re-recording like 10 times because I'm usually not the host. Uh, our usual host is not here today, but yeah. uh, I was like in and out cussing. Uh, my Perfect. fiance w- was taking the dog away because she was afraid of us. And you know, just it's bad. It's so a we've all been there, man. We've yeah. I've been there where I've tried to record stuff for hours and my fiance is <laughs> would be like on the other side of the door and she like when i came out like bloodshot eyes like red in the face she's like are you is everything all right i'm like yeah it's just stupid you know i can't get this one word out and it's yeah. like that is the word and i'm screwing it up so we've all been there <laughs> yeah uh, so as you know uh november 1st sports betting became legal in tennessee uh, what did DraftKings see from the state of Tennessee? A large influx of bets. Were there bets on, obviously, the Titans game? Was it the most Titans games bets that DraftKings has seen? Or what, what, what did you all see from us? Yeah, I mean, me specifically, they don't give me that information. Gotcha. <laughs> Just because I'm more on the, like, you know, I'm either betting on Tennessee or yeah. telling people to bet on Tennessee. But, I mean, the fact remains, too, right, is where sports betting becomes legal a big push for DraftKings, uh, especially on the sportsbook side, is to have a brick and mortar uh, at, at specifically there, and it's it's such a it's such a great experience, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like betting on the app itself, the DraftKings sportsbook app is is so user friendly. It's awesome to do it. It's anywhere. It's you know, it's legal. I advise people to to go check it out, download the app, and uh, for me personally. Like I've, I've invested heavily in the Tennessee Titans. I, I think the Tennessee Titans are in a really great spot. So um, when you look at that and, and what their, uh, their future holds, um, I think it's going to be a, a lot of influx of Tennessee bets and Titans bets because you guys got a good thing going there. We do. Uh, I will confess. I did bet on the Bengals um, uh, spread last week because and it ended up paying off so yeah went a little bit against the grain um, on the Tennessee Titans but uh, you know it just seemed like it jumped up a little too high I feel like we got too much of a uh, advantage there 
Yeah. And the defense is probably the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Like the defense is probably the most suspect Desmond King comes. Uh, he was great with the chargers. I think he's one of the better slot corners and it, you know, it remains to be seen how he, uh, how he factors in, but it's that secondary, man, that secondary has been a little troubling. And when you look at a guy like Joe Burrow, Ben Roethlisberger, the last two games where the Titans took an L it was through the pass game. And yeah. uh, that's, that's really where you got to clean it up if you're the Titans, but it's like the old adage, right? You want to get knocked in the face in the first round to make sure that your plan changes quite a bit. And 5-0 and in the first five games, you wanted these L's now. So of Rabel, which I think is top three or four coaches in the NFL right now, um, not named Shanahan, he's someone that I would have complete faith in uh, to make make sure that this these, these two L's stay that way. Yeah. Do you think that Vrabel is speaking of Vrabel, a good coach of the year candidate? Do you do you, what do you ex, do you think people should maybe play, place a few wagers on that? I mean, it, it, could this be a Michael Jordan where he didn't win like that playoff um, series and he got like the playoff MVP? Shanahan should be the MVP, like the, the, the excuse me, the coach of the year. The fact that he has this team four and four with a thousand people on IR in San Francisco is beyond me. And the fact that they're going to be, they're going to be playing a game against the Packers with essentially no starting players, like their third stringers, they released Dante Pettis, who's now on the giants that goes show you how Pettis worked in this offense that he couldn't even make it to the active roster and stay on the team. But I mean, uh, Vrabel, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the reason why is you, you look at how he's coaching as well, right? Like how he's using the rules either for or against to better put himself in clock management at the, end of four, uh, at the end of the fourth quarter to put himself in the best position, having confidence in both his platoons on offense and defense. And after the whole Buffalo, uh, like that, the, that whole uh, debacle where there was an outbreak with, with the Titans, they came out and they like they punched the Bills in the face. I mean, after not having to practice uh, or not getting to practice. And so when you take a look at some of these signs, if he keeps it going and if he can beat a team like the Colts and the Ravens, absolutely. Vrabel definitely belongs in that, uh, in that conversation. And kind of like you said, I think the, uh, the, the two losses back to back might've been a little bit of a wake up call for them. Cause a lot of these problems right. that we've seen, have been recurring. They were problems when they were winning too. The, the Houston game, they they couldn't stop Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, even yeah. the Bills game, they got a lot of turnovers on defense, but they still weren't getting off the field on third down. So a lot of these problems have been kind of trickling on. And I think that the loss has kind of woke them up. Obviously, you saw release Jonathan Joseph, release Vic Beasley, uh, yep. release our long snapper who had kept skipping snaps back to Bo Brinkley uh, or, or <laughs> Bo Brinkley skipping snaps back to Brett Kern. Yeah. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. I think it's interesting that they might've gotten that wake up call. And I think you're right. It might've been a, a two game losing streak here that, that maybe eventually propels them onto better things as the season goes on. Right. And if you look at this, the AFC, right. Tennessee, I mean, clearly is one of the teams that you have to have confidence in, right. How they played last year in the playoffs and, and you get the Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers and Houston Texans weeks 15 through 17, like, and the Jaguars in week, you know, 14. So you're feeling pretty good about, you know, being able to finish off strong too. And with that extra playoff spot, you know, you got a chance if you're, uh, if you're the Tennessee to, to really put your hand in the ring. The Ravens, right? There are a lot of question marks about the Ravens right now. I think their defense is strong. And that's really what's keeping them in games. And Lamar Jackson is not playing. And regression was always going to happen because he played 
way above expectation. His touchdown rate last year was like in the nines, which is fantastic. But you're seeing it now, and then you're seeing a guy like Marquise Brown saying, "Hey, look, if you you know, if you, why you're not going to use me? Like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm I'm beating these guys down the field time and time again." So there are certain places in the AFC now, without you know, if you're not named the Chiefs, that you should really need to take advantage of because the Steelers look great. Um, that defense looks strong. But at the same time, too, like Mike Tomlin, the Steelers always find a way to lose in certain spots to where they really shouldn't be losing at like the most ill opportune time. So if you're Tennessee, got to be feeling good about a five and two right now. Yeah, it seems like the whole AFC and maybe the NFL the whole as a whole doesn't even have one dominant team, right? It's right. every every team has some kind of hole in it. Uh, whether it's the Seahawks and their defense or the Steelers and the this lack of explosiveness on the offense or consistency on offense. Right. I mean, it's just wild that it's a wide open NFL race, unless you're in the bottom tier, of course, like the Giants or the Jets or whatever. But this, you know, if you're four and if you're looking at four and four or better, you are looking at a wide open chance to get to the playoffs in some form or fashion. Yeah. And look, right now, if the, if the playoffs were to start right now, Tennessee is in the four spot. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's probably who you'd be playing against the bills. you like, probably don't want to play against the Ravens, but I, when you're talking about Tennessee, I think you match up pretty well with any one of these teams in the AFC, whether it be the Colts, whether it be the Browns, I know the Raiders are an, are an interesting story as well. Four and three, they'd be just outside. Miami has a lot of momentum going into this week as well. Their defense looks great. Both of those cornerbacks in Miami are healthy and are playing well. But sitting in the four spot right now, after two losses, you got to be feeling pretty good. And you got to be feeling good, too, that you're not in the NFC. Because the NFC, like you mentioned, you have the Seahawks, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. These guys look, I mean, they look strong. They look extremely strong. Green Bay probably has some question marks on defense. But like you mentioned, Russ Wilson is playing at an MVP level. DK Metcalf, like if aliens were to come down, like if we did Space Jam in real life and we had to put together a football team, like it'd be DK Metcalf, Saquon Barkley, and like Aaron Donald. And we don't need anybody else. Like DK Metcalf is an absolute house and it's so much fun to watch him. He's looking like the new age Terrell Owens. He's got a little Megatron to him. So, and I know those are two like, like hall of fame wide receivers, but he looks like he has, he's on that trajectory. So you gotta be, like I said, going back to this, if you're Tennessee, you know, shore up some stuff on defense and you're in a good spot. Yeah. How did, how did Ole Miss ever lose games with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown at wide receiver? Uh, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> Beats me like the ghost of Eli Manning, Eli Manning. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it is crazy to think you look at some of these teams too, like Alabama, of course, right? Like they, they're just a, like they, like a feeder team to the NFL, but you look at some of these players that these guys have on these teams, like how did like Patrick Mahomes, like how did anyone ever lose a Texas tech? Like how did they ever lose with Patrick Mahomes? And he wasn't a winning quarterback in call. I mean, he was, I think like he won more games than he lost, but not by a large margin. Right. Like it's crazy. And Kingsbury, I mean, you've had some of the best, the best quarterbacks uh, that you've been coaching, like Patrick Mahomes, like that, that baffles my mind. Well, speaking of like crazy situations, COVID-19, obviously crazy situation. Uh, How is the daily news of players and teams testing positive for COVID and all that kind of stuff affecting like the lines and how you oh, yeah. how you handicap games and how you even advise people who to start in fantasy like yeah. what is especially the san francisco green bay game injuries of COVID 19 are running rampant tonight for this thursday night game yeah. and the line has changed wildly went from uh 
2.5 uh, all the way yeah. up to seven in favor of Green <laughs> Bay. I mean, is there even a good value bet for this Thursday night game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Green Bay still even probably even without all the COVID stuff. I mean, look, yeah, they've they've uh, San Francisco has been banged up, right? And so they were going to come out with the you know shell of the team that they thought they were going to have at the beginning of the year for this matchup. But even before that, you look at Aaron Rodgers in prime time and how well he's done. Uh, you know, and just the ability now as a San Francisco kid, right? You always got to build those narratives in. Going back to San Francisco, you know, remembering that they did not draft him. Uh, he's a, he's that type of guy. Like he has that chip on your shoulder, but to your point with COVID-19 and how do you, you know, how do you break down the analysis and how do you provide analysis in fantasy football? Like you can't like baking in someone like, uh, like a Brandon Ayuk, for instance, to where I wasn't necessarily too high on him coming into this against Jair Alexander, but you have no idea. Like you have to, you have to stick with the, the with the news more, more than before, right? More than before than we had to, to be able to adjust when things happen. And if you're talking about season long fantasy, you know, I've always advised in these one quarterback leagues, one tight end leagues, like non super flex, do not carry an extra quarterback. Do not carry an extra tight end. It's a wasted uh, space because you want the JK Dobbins. You want the chase Edmonds that if something happens to the Kenyon Drake, or, or to, you know, to these players, the Mark Ingrams, that you have a lottery ticket that's going to pay dividends. Now you're going to have to, right? You're going to have to roster these backup quarterbacks and backup players because you never know. So guys like DJ Dallas, who we had no idea, who's got a pretty interesting name. Uh, like <laughs> we had no idea who he was, um, you know, but beginning of the season, he's now like fully thrusted into an RB1 role. Like that, that's where the analysis has to go down. It's not just to the second or third. It's even down to the fourth and the fifth string, the practice squad guys that might be called up because all of these cases are happening. Yeah, I think uh, Richie James and Trent Taylor yeah. are going to be the, the two uh, receivers going for the Niners tonight, which is crazy. Richie James from right here in uh, Middle Tennessee State University. Yeah. Um, but uh, so for, for tonight's game, uh, would you have – would you have money? Which side would you have money on if you're if you're betting uh, Packers Packers Niners tonight? Uh, Packers, uh, you got. I mean, trusting Aaron Rodgers, especially now because they, they be the Packers. They don't. Their starting running backs uh, are all gone. Um, I haven't seen anything yet updated on Aaron Jones to see if he's active, but it doesn't look. It's not looking good. So they they're running out with their second and third string, or no, third and fourth string running backs. So Aaron Rodgers might be passing to Devontae Adams 50 times tonight. And so if there are things that I like from a, a handicapping perspective, it's player props for Devontae Adams. Like I think his, his receptions is seven and a half. You know, that looks to me like a, a nice over uh, his receiving yards, I believe is in the eighties. You're talking about a guy who might, he's already seen 15, like 15 targets over the last, like on average, like over the last four or five games um, that he's been healthy now you're going to have no running backs to think of. And even on this uh, for, for San Francisco, look what just like, they just gave up 160 plus yards to DK Metcalf week one, they gave up 150 yards to the Deandre Hopkins. So for these alpha receivers, especially with no pass rush for San Francisco, I'm fully on the green Bay side. Uh, we'll get into Sunday's game, the Tennessee Titans versus the Colts uh, or bears. Oh, look at this. Hold on. Sorry. Uh, Aaron Jones has felt all along he could play. It comes down to, sorry, I just got sleeper alert. Comes oh. down to 
the Packers medical staff making the call. And I think we know that they probably will hold him out because that seems to be their trend, even if you're slightly injured. Yeah, and that was the case when he first had this injury pop up on a Friday or Saturday, whatever. I think it was a Friday. Um, And then he couldn't go. He said it was minor. He thought he was going to play, and that was two weeks ago. So wasn't me, and that's why you, I never, ever, ever trust what players and coaches say, because it's never true. I like why what like they don't need to tell us the truth, yeah. Right, and, and like you mentioned, the the Green Bay, uh, their their medical staff is very conservative, and they need Aaron Jones. Like they right. they desperately need Aaron Jones down the stretch. He's a game breaker. Defensive coordinators have to have to uh, scheme to to stop him. Um, and that leaves a guy like Robert Tunyon um, I, or Bob Tanyan, as I like to call him, <laughs> Big Bob, um, leaves guys like him. And we've seen MVS, Alan Lazard, yep. someone that could potentially play tonight. Uh, we'll see. Probably not if they're being conservative about a guy like Aaron Jones. It leaves those, those guys with a little bit more success. But, yeah, you look at this matchup this weekend for Tennessee and the Bears. Uh, like I'm a big Derrick Henry fan in this, in this, in this matchup. Really, I, I'm kind of surprised by that because of the defense and stuff. So do you think that that is – because that's what I would thought that they would have done with the Bengals is ride Derrick Henry all the way through. Do you yeah. think that the the DFS value is there for Derrick Henry versus the Bears? Yeah, so if you take a look at what the Bears have done over the last couple of games, uh, Alvin Kamara, is, he's just – you know he's a man amongst boys. He's I don't know how he was third string. Talk about uh, Tennessee. How is he a third string running back? Um, yeah, that so was kudos insane. The, kudos to the scouting, the scouts of Tennessee getting a Alvin Kamara there. Um, but he's just someone who breaks the game wide open. He's so diverse in what he's able to do. Uh, one of the best running backs, best NFL players right now in our game. But take a look at what they so they gave him up. They gave up a ton of uh, uh, fantasy points to him. And then if you look back at the the Los Angeles Rams, the combination of Malcolm Brown. Um, and Daryl Henderson had a good outing. They, they totaled for 21 or around 22 DK fantasy points. So if you look at the Chicago Bears, um, there is a spot to where Derrick Henry, if you give Derrick Henry 25, 26 attempts, we've seen, especially this time in years previous, that no one wants to tackle Derrick Henry. Now, that's more so in like the months of December when it gets colder but the bears have been susceptible to giving up points to running backs. And for drafting specifically, you take a look at Christian McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin cook, right? Uh, these guys, James Robinson, those three guys are sandwiched. You know, they're, they're in the same pricing range as Derrick Henry. Most people are going to think like the same way, right? Oh, Derrick Henry against Chicago defense. Uh, we're not going to play him, but Chicago's defense, they've been good. Um, but they haven't been great. And that's the kind of things that you look for in those spots that you can exploit because Derrick Henry, like the, the idea that he's in a committee backfield is like Dante Foreman. I, I love seeing him in the NFL. I think he's a, he's a solid running back, but it, this is Derrick Henry. Like I, yeah. I predict he's going to get 25 plus carries. Um, this is a prime spot. I believe there's six point favorites uh, coming into this six and a half or yeah, six and a half point favorites right now. That's what you want, the, the positive game scripts where they're just going to rely on Derrick Henry and give them 25-plus carries. We here in Tennessee call this part of the schedule uh, officially Henber. so feel free to use that. This is Henber, and it is going to be awesome because Derrick Henry always goes off in the winter months. Yeah, uh, and, like, I forget, who was the coach before uh, Vrabel? That, yeah, 
uh, how do you ever split a backfield with Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis? Like, yeah, give me a break. Like Derrick Henry is uh, like he again, alien. Look, talk about Space Jam roster. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, D- DK Metcalf. These guys are like, fantastic. It's not even just about his size. Like you see his getaway speed, his second, like a second level speed. He is fast. And yeah. so if you get, if you get Dehember out there and you get him, you know, just in an open field, it is so much fun to watch. Yeah. The, uh, so is there any stacks from the bears and or Titans offenses that you would consider putting out in some DFS this week? Yeah, I mean, there's so if you want to play a payout for Derrick Henry, I like that, um, obviously. Um, but if you look at Darnell Mooney, I mean, we know Wims is not going to be out there for, for Chicago. <laughs> um, and he wasn't a big game breaker anyway, but Darnell Mooney is a player that is getting a ton of opportunities deep. He's, I believe, 3,900 on DraftKings right now, so he's cheap. And most people won't be looking to this game stack on the offensive side. So whenever you're game stacking for DraftKings, you want to look at these. Uh, you, you clearly want to look at games that have high implied game totals, right? To see that there's going to be passing galore, but also in these matchups where these other teams have to potentially catch up to the Tennessee Titans and Chicago Bears. And Nick Foles, he's sort of the DGAF, the YOLO quarterback, where he just throws it out there. Might not be successful, but Darnell Mooney at $3,900. All he needs is one or two receptions to go deep and get you a touchdown. Kind of that Marquise Brown, the the Sean Jackson type of dynamic that you want. So I don't, I don't completely hate it. Um, David Montgomery is always someone that he's, he's someone that's getting the the bulk of the carries back there. He's getting all the targets. When Tariq Cohen went down, he's become that, that uh, bell cow back that you always want to use in DraftKings. You want to project guys who are going to get you that 20 touch floor. And a guy like David Montgomery, although he's not doing much and not scoring a lot of touchdowns, that's going to change. Like all the yards that he's compiling, when you look at the analysis and the data, that it, it points to touchdown regression for the positive to where he's going to start scoring. So that's one of the games right now, 46 and a half, that I like targeting because everybody is going to be on the, you know, these high, the Seattle Buffalo games, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Carolina you know, everyone's going to be on those games. This might be a contrarian stack that could get you a lot of points at a, uh, a low roster percentage. Interesting. Interesting. One, one non-football question for you. We, yeah. we are in the midst of some pretty heated food take uh, competitions here with the right. F words pod. And we need your most controversial food take. Oh, most controversial food take, man, that you put me on the spot here. Um, mine right now is that yeah, thanksgiving food is just average it's just okay there's nothing special right. about it the really great thing about thanksgiving is the family and the football the food is is at best third on the hierarchy of yeah. Thanksgiving. really fourth if you include alcohol oh it's true, true. true. <laughs> and then like the family drama right yeah. like ensuing like <laughs> being the like the dane cook i don't even like you know, ketchup. Um, I don't even like jelly. Um, but man, is there a, a, a take that I guess for me, okay, here's one that it's probably not like it's, I'm just like on the spot. So this, I'll probably like, t- like an hour from now, I'm going to think of one. I'm like, let's run it back. Let's run this podcast again. But um, for me, the like vegetable smoothies, like spinach, celery, all that, to me is, is better than like the chocolate smoothies, better mm. than like the strawberry and fruit smoothies. 
to me, when like when I get just a full cup of greens, whatever reason, I, I like that a lot more than like your traditional uh, fruit smoothies. I don't think that's like a, a huge controversy because it's actually it's like it's good for you. But um, that's probably one. I'm going to think of one. My, mine point. is uh, Whataburger. I think it's it's completely oh. overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Oh, See, told, you, overrated. told you, Mike. Told you, Mike. It's on. overrated. Waterburger so, like, is wonderful. Like, in and out, I think, is also a little bit overrated. Yeah, um, I agree. I, with that. I, I do think there is an allure about like getting stuff that's off menu. It's you know, it's made right there. I get that, but yeah, I, I'm also in that camp as well. And yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. Like what, I what, may oh, and maybe eating chips at all times of the day. Like I, I'll eat chips for breakfast sometimes. <laughs> I will very much agree with you on that one. Chips yeah, are good like, no matter what controversy. Yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm a salty guy. I don't like chocolate. But we have yeah, a guy that uh, likes uh, that works at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. He likes Smarties. He says Smarties is mm. the best Halloween candy, and then he also said pineapple is the best pizza topping. Not just good, what? the best. What's this guy's name? I need to reach out <laughs> to him because pineapple. So a little insight on me: I'm yeah. born and raised in Hawaii. So when I see, when I hear that that people put pineapple on a pizza. I need to write their name down. I yeah. need to outreach and an intervention needs to happen because pineapple on pizza is by far the most disgusting thing oh, man. on planet earth. Well, he is Do not the smirch, the good, the good fruit of pineapple. He is at Titans film room. And so uh, you can go to Twitter and uh, I've already started bashing him today. So you can just go in there and, you know, jump in. Yeah, if you right. feel, Please feel, feel free to slander him on there too. <laughs> well, <I will. laughs> the foremost knowledgeable person about pineapple on this, on this pod. No. Yeah. Like it, I'll never have pineapple on pizza. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, before you go, where should people go to find all your advice? Yeah. Pineapple doc. No, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's at Reed Fowler on Twitter. Hopefully at some point I'll have a pineapple take on there, but I don't have one yet. Uh, but yeah, all the stuff that I do, whether it be for the NFL, for PGA, the masters is coming up next week. So I'm fully, you know, uh, knee deep in masters research, which excites the, you know, what out of me. Um, and everything from like the, the stuff that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, the videos that uh, that I did with, or excuse me, the show that I did with the NFL Network on GMFB, which was a blast. Those guys are fantastic. Um, all of that stuff is on on Twitter, like everything else, at Reed T. Fowler. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Reed, for joining us. Again, you can see him on Good Morning Football and follow him on Twitter, like he just said, at Reed T. Fowler. You can follow Mike Herndon on Twitter, at Mike Miracles, and you can follow me at FWordsPod. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com today for NFL news analysis and fantasy and gambling advice with a Nashville spin. This has been Football and Other F-Words, and you have just been effed. <laughs>